Welcome to the Phil Nason Show, brought to you by PlayUp Sportsbook. PlayUp welcomes all bettors and offers the best prices on the market. They are also proud to be an official betting partner of the New Jersey Devils. Check them out online or in the App Store and see for yourself why PlayUp is your best bet. You're listening to a pre-recorded edition of the Phil Nason Show. The Phil Nason Show. Download us at your favorite podcast catcher, including iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, or Google Play, and please leave a review. You can follow Phil on social media at Cash with Flash and like our Facebook show page. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Phil Nason Show. Welcome to the Phil Nason Show. I am so happy to have you here. We'll be here for as long as it takes, and I've got a great show planned for you today. Reader's Cup weekend, and we're going to give you a lot of information to prepare you to win your Friday Breeder Cup bets and an opportunity to purchase picks on Friday and Saturday from Cash with Flash. We're presented by PlayUp Sportsbook. PlayUp is Play your up. best bet. It is like going to your corner bookie. Friendly service, fast payouts. It, you can't beat it. PlayUp Play is Play your up. best bet. And don't forget Cash with Flash best bets on a big, big tear. 31-10-1 NFL tear. We won't talk about the NBA, but you can get all our picks for college basketball NBA, NFL, and horse racing, plus tennis, at cashwithflash.com. Scotty Fiedler is in the house. What's happening, brother? Oh, Phil, what's going on? I'll tell you what, it's getting cold, man. Getting cold in New York, that's for sure. But it's Breeders' Cup weekend, baby. That's all right. You know what? I have no tennis for like the first time in a few weeks on the weekend. And these pajamas I'm wearing right now, that's well, going to be the attire for the whole weekend. My, my, my kids are keeping me busy. We got the cross, football, the basketball, the whole nine yards. Everything's going off for the kids now, right? Oh, yeah. I'll tell you what, man. We ought to post one of those videos of Tyler, your son, throwing dimes. Boy could throw a football, that's for sure. That boy, he can do a lot of things. I, I still think he should be playing tennis, but that's not up to me. So, uh <laughs> It's up to him. That's well, you know up. what? It's funny. It's up to, it's up to him. He they co- both should be playing tennis, but that's up to them. Well, you know what? Of the two, Tyler comes down to tennis more often. I believe it. You know, when you're at the sports academy at Brookwood, there's a lot of options, and Tyler's a multi-talent, as is Morgan, Scott's daughter. They're multi-talented athletes. They can play a lot of different sports. But Tyler comes up and uh, plays a little bit with me. Now we're talking. He sneaks but, up. Big news. We're going back to Vegas. Qualified for the NHC again. Oh, that's nice. Now, when is, that, when is that tournament? End of January. Oh, nice. Uh, Too bad it actually, ain't this weekend. It's and, freaking and cold. It was, no, it was actually funny. So the tournament I played the last day at Santa Anita, I wound up finishing third. There were two BCBC seats available which is the live money tournament for the Breeders' Cup. And uh, with my busy weekend, I'm a little – I'm kind of happy I didn't get the BCBC. It's a better – you know, it's a live money. It's $10,000 entry. Basically, the NHC, I think, is about $8,000, give or take. Um, But uh, 
I wanted to go back to the NHC. You know, last year was the first year I got involved in it. and I wanted to go back there. So I sort of was happy. I didn't even have a choice. Uh, the two BCBC seats were picked first. So I automatically got the NHC seat. And then, of course, uh, uh, I got some cash to play the Breeders' Cup this weekend with. And, uh, you know, I'll play in a couple of handicapping tournaments as well. You know, this weekend they have some big money, uh, regular, just uh, the regular tournaments. So now where do you, what sites do you use to play these tournaments? Uh, main, main site I use is uh, horsetourneys.com. Uh, to me, that's the, um, it's the biggest one out there now. Uh, it's the biggest money out there. Um, I, I think they're wonderful. They pay, you know, they pay you. There's no big, there's no problem with any of that stuff. And, you know, like for instance, this weekend, they have about four different, um, uh, Breeders' Cup tournaments, uh, ranging from, they got two one days today, just Friday, which is all the Del Mar races. Since only five of the Breeders' Cups are today, uh, which are the juvenile ones. And I know we have some stuff to talk about there. But they have a you know a twenty five thousand dollar tournament, a forty thousand dollar tournament. Uh, they have the two day, which is both days of the uh, NHC, which I believe is going to top eighty thousand dollars. This is you know prize pools, obviously. Um, and then they're going to have a Saturday, which is the main Breeders' Cup day. They're going to have two different ones. Then I believe it's a, an eighty thousand dollar live tournament. <laughs> And a, I think it's fifty thousand dollar, what they call pick and pray, which means you just put your picks in uh, before the tournament starts. All oh, right, so like the best ball, yeah, I get it. Well, it's 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 uh, you know you're putting it in. Actually, to be honest with you, I think sometimes handicapping wise, the um, pick and prays are are true handicapping and a little tougher at times. Uh, because you're really putting everything in before the first race. So you're putting a full day card. Like for today, you're putting in the whole card before, you know, you know what the odds are with the live tournament. You know, you do get the benefit of looking at odds. If you do fall behind, you you have to change your strategy sometimes to, you know, uh, try to make up some ground. Uh, I've always found the key is don't change your strategy until you have to, because uh, there's no reason to panic. If you're good, usually you're good. Um, but it's exciting. I mean, it's like I told you the, the week before, uh, Breeders' Cup, best chance to make money. A lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of amateur money out there. Uh, used to be Kentucky Derby Day. And then, like I told you last week, they went to that point system. And you really don't get that live, long, you know, the long shots as much as you used to. Or the, the horse that's going to... Uh, sort of throw the race upside down. And it was funny today, even uh, I did like one of the Breeders' Cup races early in the juvenile. And there was a uh, one of the favorites got scratched. I thought there was going to be a speed duel in the race. And uh, unfortunately, uh, one of the favorites scratched, uh, had a shin injury. And um, it totally changes the uh, you know complexion of that race from two horses that were probably going to be getting after it early to you really now almost have a one-speed horse as opposed to two. 
That makes a lot of sense, man. Change, change is big, big time. Change know. is big time. Change but uh, big time. now, horsetourneys.com. Now, how much does the average tournament cost, like a participant? Say, I want. But the beauty of the horse, the beauty of horsetourneys.com, I think. And my God, I, I should tell McKay that he should be paying me for this, but uh, and he's the guy that owns it. So, right. Um, I. Uh, it's you could play for as little as a dollar. You know, they have uh, small tournaments and big tournaments. So, you know, the best in the world are playing there, uh, which is us. And we're playing like the big tournaments today. You know, they're almost $500 you're talking about. Right. So it's kind but of like you, a DraftKings for horse players. Correct. I mean, you could play. There's a, a $5 tournaments, $4 tournaments. There's $12 tournaments, you know. Like, for instance, the Breeders' Cup for, for not – you know, if you're not necessarily a, um, I guess, more like a professional like us, there's a $12 tournament with a pool of $5,000 right now. That's a nice hit. You know, so, And again, the pool's the total money. You know, prizes get drafted down by that. But for instance, so the $12 tournament uh, right now, you, the top prize is $2,000. It goes down from there. But the top... Uh, 28 place and it's sort of like a DraftKings thing where the 28th basically makes a couple dollars on his uh, entry. Well, that's the difference, awesome. I mean the difference I think and that I love about this compared to the DraftKings formula is it's also um, there's only a certain amount of entries allowed in each contest so for instance uh, like that $12 tournament you could one person can only have three entries. You can't have 150 entries like uh, DraftKings and, you know, uh, and and FanDuel and those type of, you know, the, the uh, whatever fantasy sports stuff. Well, there's a lot of stuff out here, too. I'm, I'm looking at the site. This is amazing. I better turn this site off right now because... <laughs> it, it is an amazing site. I mean, like I said, the, I found it... Uh, I mean, the original one I have found was called Derby Wars. I haven't played that in years uh, just because of prize pools. More, most, mostly, you know, the prize pools are just way bigger on horse tourneys. And, and, you know, when you're playing at the level that, you know, I'm playing at, it doesn't pay to pay an ent a high entry fee to not get the big money that they're offering at horse turnings that makes a lot of sense let's get into this breeders cup now we've got five races for the breeders cup everything's at del mar so there's plenty of time to get in it's all del mar so it's two days at del mar um let's talk this i'm not going to talk saturday at all today yeah you can I, buy I those still, picks at cash need, with flash yeah i still need to deep dive a little bit more but i did find a few um Races where I think they're going to really pay. I think there's some long shot potential. Uh, I always think there is on Breeders' Cup Day. Um, but, you know, first strategy that you really got to look at if you're playing races and you want to make money is, um, and I always find it, you know, everybody knows it, but it's a tough thing to do, is can you beat the favorite in a given race? And, and that's the first thing you really have to look at when you're looking at races um, I'll give you a, for instance, today, uh, the seventh race today, which is, is the second race in the Breeders' Cup. It's a two-year-old Phillies race. So it's the girls basically. Yep. Net Jets, uh, right? 
I, uh, I believe that's the race. Yeah, the yeah. Net Jets Breeders' Cup Juvenile Philly. 6.30 p.m. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be awful tough to beat Echo Zulu, who is a terrific horse. Um, although the only thing that could happen in that race is there is a lot of other speed. So um, if you're looking at an upset horse there, the three Sequest has a shot to run up, you know, on, on the back end. I don't know if he can necessarily win unless there's just a crazy speed duel, which could happen. Uh, Echo Zulu may just be that good a horse as well. So, you know, that's a tough one to look at. There's only a six horses in there. But um, if you look, you know, some of these races are tough because you got Europeans as well. Right. Uh, don't they don't they usually, the Europeans usually do pretty well at uh, You know, on, sat, on Saturday turf races they have in the past. Uh, it's very funny. I was looking at that historically, the... The Friday turf races, shockingly, um, they have not uh, done as well as you would think in these races. Uh, literally, they've only won uh, one of the, the turf races. The Europeans have only won two of the 13 races. And I believe it's this one, the uh, the first race that's out there, the um, the five furlong juvenile turf sprint. Yes, juvenile turf sprint. There's a whole bunch of... Uh... Europeans in there. Yeah. Now, now, correct me if I'm wrong, but the majority of tracks in Europe are turf, right? Yes. Majority of turf. Uh, you know, if it was somehow raining in Del Mar and you got a soft turf or a yielding turf, you move the Europeans up big time because they race on turf all the time there. Uh, where in in the states we do wash it off the turf a lot of a lot of the turf. You know, when it's uh, more to preserve the courses it is, but um, so sometimes you have horses that have run you know twenty races and never ran on a soft turf before. I like the horse time to party. You know, the last time I said that to yeah. you, you met your wife. Oh Jesus, look out! <laughs> that's it. We scratch that horse. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. I, I listen. I fifteen think to one though. Yeah, to be honest, I think that's a very uh, interesting race. Um, you know, I think Avery Jane is a beatable favorite she had a tremendous race its last race literally geared down it she could be a monster i could be wrong but i do think that uh she is vulnerable here i think uh there's a bunch of uh, other horses that could play i think some of the i actually think some of these europeans are live i think uh the seven horses live i think uh Aver Lee james uh uh, stable mate, the two horse coffee makers, has an outside shot at winning as well. So I think there's some potential in race six to uh, get a, you know, get a, a little bit of a, a price. Um, what about this horse armor? Six to one. That's that's the one that I've actually been looking at armor. Uh, if the European, I think if a European's going to win, he's the uh, or she's the one. That I would be looking to now so. these now these horse these jockeys mm -hmm. do now do most of them they just race here in the states but they ride. Well, these... you, well, you have some that are coming in from Europe that actually so because uh, I'm not know, familiar best, with Ryan Moore. Ryan Moore is a is a European rider, one of the top ones. Um, uh, what Frankie Dettori always comes in for Breeders' Cup Day. Um, 
you know, there's a couple of them that come overseas with the Europeans. Uh, Aslan Murphy is one. Um, who else? Uh, Leah Roche, Roche is another. So there's a couple of, uh, you know, that you'll, you'll see today. Today it's the top jockeys in the world, you know, today and tomorrow. I mean, you're going to see the top jockeys in the United States racing. And then you're going to see the top jockeys in Europe also. So, you know, not only not only is it the best horses in the world, you're getting the best riders in the world. The best trainers are showing up. You know, people people want to win a Breeders' Cup now. Of so, course they do. You know, and, and you'll see places where the owners want to get in there bad, so badly that they'll supplement the uh, some of the fees to get in, which is what used to, you used to be able to do in the Kentucky Derby. And those races before the point system, and uh, it was, uh, like I said, it was more of a wide open field. I mean, let's go to the eighth race right now, okay? Mm -hmm. And it's another turf, the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf. This is the the main turf. You have a 14-horse field, okay? The favorite right now in the morning line is 5-1. to Right, modern games. This is the type of race you are literally looking for. To say, my goodness, I mean, this exact is going to pay somehow. There's going to be some pay there. I mean, I'm looking. I'm going to give one away. I'm going to give you this one. Uh, I'm looking to Chad Brown. I'm looking to consumer spending, the seven horse in this race. Uh, I think a lot of people are going to look to Howdy, which is Chad Brown's other horse. I actually, for some reason, uh, you know, going through it, I like consumer spending better. So... I'm going to wind up there, and I think I'm going to, you know, uh, play exactly with quite a few horses here and see if we could catch a big number on that. Um, you know, that's that's how I uh, qualified again for the NHC. I caught a $164 exacta, uh, had $100 on it, so I paid $8,200, vaulted me right up in the third place. It was the beauty of that one, Phil. It was a live money tournament, like mm-hmm. I told you. So you get to keep the money as well, plus the extra. You get the prize, and and then they had the tournament money. So it was a it was a great day, uh, Santa Anita Santa Anita closing day, which I believe was last Sunday for me. Consumer spending at eight to one, Chad Brown. I'm not familiar with that name. Yeah, Chad Brown's big name. Flavian Pratt probably is one of the best riders at on the California circuit. So uh, I. You know, I'm hoping he doesn't get bat down. I'm hoping they play Howdy more. Uh, you know, it's not often you catch Chad Brown and Flavian Pratt at eight to one. So, Pizza I'm Bianca a, is the favorite here. It looks like and Jose Ortiz is a good rider. Yeah, well, you're looking at right now. Uh, they're all great riders, right? You know, that's right. What I'm trying to say Christopher Clements, a Hall of Fame trainer. You know, the Ortiz brothers are both in from New York. Erod and Jose. You got Luis Saez, who's one of the top jockeys in the world now. Florent Giroux, a turf rider. John Velasquez has been out in uh, California for a while. Joel Rosario right now, who who is just lights out right now. Uh, he's out on the California circuit from New York and in Florida. And then you got a couple others. You know, you got uh, Umberto Rispoli, who's uh, a top jock on the california circuit tyler gaplione has been killing it right now on the um california circuit he was at all uh a fl- usually on the florida circuit and he's went out to california 
I don't know if he was going out just for the uh, the Breeders' Cup first, you know, to get a feel for the tracks. But he's been he's really been lighting it up uh, out there. So again, you got some pretty good jocks going. Um, if we move on to the ninth race today, that's the Juveniles uh, Breeders' Cup Juvenile. This is basically the the big preview for the Kentucky Derby. Uh, as they say, Phil, this is the one you were talking about that has uh, Kentucky Derby points. Right, uh, right, right. Going for it. Uh, big scratch in this race. The favorite, the one Jack Christopher, is out. This was the race I was talking about that I thought was going to be the inside and the outside were just going to go. And it was the one and the 12 uh, who were the two favorites. And I thought... Uh, you you were going to be able to catch a couple of horses coming from behind that may pay uh, one in particular, the 10 uh, command performance and the three Oviet class. Um, again, the, the complexion of the race is totally changed. So uh, don't quote me on those two horses. They were going to be coming from behind. I thought it would be a good setup for those horses. Uh, now, um, you know, the only thing affecting uh, Konichi is his outside post. If he gets to the front and gets an easy lead, uh, I think it's going to be awful tough to catch him. But uh, like I said, the whole race changed when Jack Christopher uh, scratched this morning with a shin injury. So uh, those were two big-time horses that had some big-time speed that I think were going to be knocking heads really quickly. So... Um, you know that that was uh, one of the one, that's one of the races where it totally changed. Um, lo- looking at the last of the Breeders' Cup races, Friday, and again, as they, what they do is again, it, it's Friday is the juvenile day. That's how they've done it. That means two-year-old horses. So it's a lot of the preview for the Kentucky Derby and and different uh, you know turf stakes races and things like that. For the three-year-olds, which is the big age for the horses, you know, the big races, the big uh, triple crown races, all that stuff. Um, in the 10th, the juvenile um, uh, turf, uh, another wide-open race at the 6th. It, I believe it's going to be a 14-horse field. There's two also entries in there. Um, a lot of Europeans. It's going to be a tough race. To call, I'm looking to possibly the three horse at eight to one, Dakota Gold, uh, Danny Gargan, good trainer, uh, Luis Saez, a terrific jockey, and I'm thinking that they could possibly steal this race in that regard. Stolen um, base, yeah, possibly. Big possibly. shout out to the Braves. <laughs> Big shout out to the Braves. Wow, Leo, my boy Leo, I'm sure is very happy. Yeah, Leo Mazzoni, a good friend of ours. Yep. Yep. Congratulations, Braves. Yeah, congratulations, Braves. Great job. Great job. Great the, job. They set a culture there. Bobby Cox and Leo. The old days, that's for sure. They Leo. sure do. I think the kids follow it today. There's a, there's a winning tradition, and mm-hmm. a lot of that has to do with those two. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I have to, and then, uh, and then I will say this. Hat. You know, uh, the, the races today are nice. Tomorrow is the... The ultimate day um, at at Del Mar for the uh, 
the Breeders' Cup. You have some tremendous races, some, the classic featuring uh, Nick's Go, um, who's going to be the favorite, who, again, I think is a vulnerable favorite out there. So I think that's a race that can actually uh, pay some money as well tomorrow. Uh, I, that, I think it's the 11th or the 12th. I got to remember. I think it's the 11th race tomorrow. It's the last one uh, of the day at Del Mar. That's the big race, you know, the Breeders' Cup Classic, which is the biggest of them all. Um, and then, uh, no, I guess it's the 12th race. I apologize. The turf will be an interesting race, a mile and a half. There are some t- unbelievable horses in there. You got some of the best in Europe with some of the best in the States. Um, that, that's been a tremendous that, – that's been the one race, Bill, that uh, Europe has dominated through the years. Um, the uh, Breeders' Cup turf. But uh, to get to the uh, the classic again, you got Nick's Go, who's going to be the favorite. Uh, Essential Quality, who uh, won every race but the Kentucky Derby last year for the three-year-olds. Hot Rod Charlie, who was uh, the other three-year-old that was running all over. Medina Spirit, who won the Kentucky Derby, is in that race. Uh, the four-year-old Max Player, I believe, is a live horse there. So I think it's a wide open uh, classic uh, for the first time in a while. I mean, I, I, Nick's Go is a um, a deserving favorite, but I do think there are some serious options out there in that race, and I think there's some serious options in the in other races. Um, the Sprint, I love a horse. Uh, if you're going to buy a picks tomorrow, I love a horse that's twenty to one morning line. Right now, or 15 to 1 morning line. I think he's going to go off at 20 to 1 or better. So, uh, you know, that's a race that's always, uh, or for a lot of years, has produced some big numbers. And I believe it will again. So, um, that's what I got, Phil, for this Breeders' Cup. I'm excited. It's, you know, my time of year. I really love this. Uh, I love this time of year. It's freaking great for horse racing, it's fun. Uh, if you're a horse fan and you don't like Breeders' Cup Day, there's something wrong. Uh, <laughs> unless you lose every year, then. Well, unless you and if you lose every year, maybe you shouldn't be playing. Um, <laughs> but but it is a, uh, you know, they started this. I guess it was close to 30 years ago. It was a tremendous idea. They bring in the best horses in the world for these races. Uh, it's one day of, you know, now two days. It used to be one day of the best horses in the world, you know, best horses, jockeys, trainers uh, in the world. And now it's over a two-day period, but it's still the best. You you have the best in the world racing at this, at one track on the same day. Uh, I know you and I spoke about it. My God, I, I wish my kids didn't have uh, a ton of stuff going on right now. I would go out to Del Mar in two seconds. It's one of my, I guess, as they say, bucket list tracks. I want to... I would love to go there and see, um, you know, De- uh, Del Mar as well. But to go there on Breeders' Cup would be even, my God, even better. <laughs> well, unfortunately, we're not going to be there. We're going to be not, in New not York this year. freezing not this year. our asses off. Exactly. We're going to be in New York uh, being cold. I know my daughter has a lacrosse tournament in Albany. We're trying to make arrangements for all of that to make it work. But, my God, she's going to be cold. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> 
she's going to be cold. And I know she's got one of those coaches that it's not uh, no 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 underlayers for them. So really, well on the bottoms, you know, they, they underlayer up top, obviously, but on the bottom. But uh, th- th- listen, Phil, if, if you're looking to make money in horse racing, this is really the best weekend. I I've said it for years. I've made. You know, not to toot my own horn, but and I, you know, never I'm doing this for you, as we always say too, putting the picks up with you. Uh, I wouldn't do it for anybody else. uh, But I've made myself quite a bit of money uh, through the years on Breeders' Cup Day. Uh, And like I told you, the first big tournament I ever won was Breeders' Cup Day. Uh, Going back a number of years, my dad was still alive. I remember being with him. It was actually Halloween uh, day that day. The kids were young. Uh, made a bunch of money, plus uh, won the big tournament. I think I won about twenty grand in the tournament, uh, plus betting money that day. Uh, Songbird, one of my favorite horses, running that day. Played my tournament around Songbird, and uh, although Songbird didn't pay much, but I knew that was I paid some pick boards around Songbird, and, and uh, just a just a tremendous day of racing, man. It's a lot of fun, and I I think there's a lot of potential to make money. Sounds like a plan. Now you can get his picks later today at CashWithFlash.com, as well as tomorrow. Look for them after right after lunch. They should be there because these races don't start till around five o'clock Eastern. So it's a pretty good thing. Now let's shift over to the college hoops. College basketball. State baby. Farm Champions Classic here in the Garden. Tuesday night, we should have got tickets. Who's playing? Oh, we got two good two good games. Kansas is taking on Michigan State. Jesus, Norm Roberts. Like we could probably get tickets still. Kentucky Duke. Man, I didn't even know Kansas was going to be in. And, and of course, I'm going to have to have football practice that night. Uh, yeah, Tuesday night. Yeah. Otherwise, I've been telling uh, Tyler I'd like to take Are they playing a championship or it's just one day? I think it's two days, but... Uh, when is the finals, do you know? I think it's two days after, I think. Let's see. I think that's the case. But we're going to be having picks every single day for college basketball. You can get them at cashwithflash.com. And you can also buy a season package for the low price of two ninety nine ninety nine. Head on over to Cash with Flash and pick up that package. You can get a horse racing package, $49.99 a month. Got all kinds of things. But this Kansas-Michigan State game, I don't think I think that's all they're playing is just that one little thing. That's it, okay. I think. The classic, then. So they're playing the two games on Tuesday night, and that's it. Yeah, that's it, like they usually do, I think. But you know what? At the end of the day... These are two great games to kick off the season because the season does kick off for everyone on the 9th of November. Kansas is a five-point favorite. What do you think about Michigan State? I mean, they have two returning starters coming back. They picked up, They have this amazing freshman shooting guard, Max Christie. And they're always tough. Always you know, tough. They're, they're, Tom Izzo, that's one thing. He, uh, you know, he almost coaches his basketball team like a football team. Well, that's his his boy up there, upstate, Mario Marucci. You know, those guys played high school high school ball together, right? Yeah, you. Yep. Detroit boys. And they were Upper Peninsula. Then they played at Northern Michigan, didn't they? 
I believe they were somewhere around there, yes. They were up in the UP. That's where they were. And it's, you want to talk about cold? Were, yep. I know they were up in that area. That's so. them. That's the opposite of Detroit. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I'm a big fan of continuity with college basketball, especially early in the season. And, you know, the more returning starters from a really good team, the mm-hmm. better. I agree. One of the things about Michigan State, and it's probably because it was a tough coach. You know, you mm-hmm. got to want to be coached to play for him. But the results are there. He's been a winner for 26 seasons. I mean, this is a guy who's beloved in East Lansing and anywhere and he's be. ever been. And should be. And should be. A lot should of young be. people. Ask Draymond Green. Ask these guys. Ask the Petersons of the world why they're in the NBA, and they'll tell you. Tom Izzo pushed us and made us do what we were supposed to do. That's why you don't see too many scandals up there, because he's on well, top of things. Uh, well, whatever. At least, yeah. at least and not in basketball, at least. <laughs> well, yeah, 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 yeah. Now, one of the things that was interesting when I was... Uh, keep him away from the doctors, I guess. Oh, know, God. <laughs> Four scholarship <laughs> athletes left the Izzo's program this year. Oh, really? That's yeah. unusual, right? That is, but then, you know, this is the different time of life. The culture is different now. You can't say some of the uh, things the that probably... The transfer portal, the nonsense. Oh. And that's what's making things Pickering. interesting. You want to Pickering. talk about the transfer portal. Kansas is four, has four returning starters coming back from a pretty decent team. Mm-hmm. And then they picked up that kid from Arizona. Was it Arizona or Arizona State? Remy Martin? Mm-hmm. So now they basically have five starters returning. And this David McCormick, the center there, he might be the best one of that whole bunch. You know, he was he started off awful last year, and then he turned it on. I think he was an all Big Ten selection. Kansas is favored to win the Big Twelve, and uh, I don't have any reason to doubt that. Is five points too many though against an Izzo team? But this, like I said, and this a, Kansas a, team is and good. It's a neutral court, though, right? It is a neutral court. It is a neutral court. Anything can happen. The greatest thing of all, though, is that everyone in NC2A basketball will have fans in the stands this year. And that's going to help out a lot. Ah, that's going to make it a lot more fun. Are you kidding? A lot more fun and a lot more easier to handicap because that crowd, mm-hmm. that crowd spurs people on. And any, you know, I think college basketball, the crowd plays the biggest. Or gives a home team the biggest edge of any other college sport, I think. I don't believe that. Which one do you think it is, then? Football. Why do you think that? Um, I played college basketball. I never minded playing on the road. I coached college basketball. I never minded being on the road. I don't think... I think it's amazing the crowds could give you some momentum and whatnot, but it doesn't change the way you play. Where football, you know, now you have to go by a silent count. There's some different things that you have to do. Okay, that's fair. So I, I just think, uh, you know, it ne- it, the crowd's great. and It's nice to have. But I don't necessarily think a crowd changes the way you're playing, if you follow my No, career. I'm following exactly what you're saying. Yeah, you have to change the signals and this and that. I just think that in college basketball, the crowd is right up on you. Yeah, it's, there's no question about it. But again, it's indoors. You could actually hear, uh, you know, the, the, the you could hear this, your, your coaches. You could still hear what's going on. I mean, you get in some of these football stadiums, 100,000 people screaming and yelling, 
and uh, you know you you definitely get a different. Uh, you you have to change your game a little bit. For Michigan State, look for uh, junior Malik Hill coming off the bench. That's going to help them a bit. I think Kansas is too deep in this game. I I haven't. I, I'm not leaning. Either. I'm leaning toward Kansas in the five points, but I won't know for sure until Tuesday. There's more information that needs to come out, but that's what I like there. Kentucky Duke. Duke's favored by a point and a half. This is the farewell tour for Coach K. Yes, yes farewell, dude. <laughs> uh, I don't think it does anything at the garden. I don't. Yeah, if anything, they'll uh, the garden folks will be happy. Yes, uh, some of them. That's for sure. As will most of the basketball fandom in the United States, college basketball fandom. He's not a very popular guy. I think I think he is on some, and I think on others. You know, he he's not. I know? hate Duke, really. Well, we know you do. Oh, that Michigan game with Chris Weber. <laughs> God, I still remember where I was watching that game. I was in the sports book at the Desert Inn. You and Lefty. No, no, no. He was in the black book by then, so he was probably upstairs in the suite. <laughs> in the black book at that point, then, I, I think so. Yeah, but he was still on the property. But that's another stuff for another day. But at the end of the day, I think there was some gangsters around, and everybody bet on Michigan, right? Fab Five. They were looking great. That swagger, and Christian Leitner and Bobby Hurley had, and Grant Hill had other ideas for that but they still should have won chris weber unfortunately <laughs> called a timeout that he didn't have and yep. if you look on the bench you can see uh i can't remember who it was he was the starting point guard until the fab five came and then he was replaced but he called timeout weber saw it and called timeout great documentary about the university of michigan fab five but you know what Duke is a point and a half favorite, and and they're returning some. They're actually returning three starters from last year's team. Wow! But they got a great freshman class. This Paolo, this Polo Paola Banchero, six foot ten freshman. He's going to look. Oh, that's what this, this game is. The it's funny. Uh, you know, I think the first game, the Michigan State, uh, Kansas, is a little bit. Now they do have some of the top-notch, you know, guys. They'll get one or two ones and duns, uh, but primarily they do have some upperclassmen or returning players. Where the Kentucky Duke game is more of the these are the two classic one and done schools right now. Um, you know, taking the top freshman in the country, playing for a year and seeing what you could do, and bringing that up to Fab Five. Fab Five was one of the first ones to really. Do that, bring in and start five freshmen. Yeah, but look what trouble they got into. Yes. I don't know what Steve Fisher knew or didn't know, but if Bo Schembechler were still the AD, he would have thrown them all out of school. I, I'm just going by personal experience <laughs> and leave it at that. But, uh, you know, this fair thing, enough. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> without getting into that, but you know what? Uh, neither school, or both schools, I should say, Missed the NCAA tournament. For the first time in a number of years. In a number of years. 
But the one thing that I noticed now, Kentucky has two returns. If you remember, we did talk about this, that COVID really hurt the one and done schools a lot more than others with sure. practice time and things. Back I mean, to that continuity uh, thing. Yeah, well, you know, you're one and done. You, you practice time is really important because they're just getting there. And it takes time to blend the team sometimes. So you really need to. And I think that's important. Yep. But this is interesting because Kentucky hit the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. You know, they only have two returning starters back, which is more than they usually have. Right. But their team, the transfers that they have, plus these two returning starters, and then you've got senior guard Kellen Grady, 367 combined NCAA starts on this roster. That's got to be a lot for them. That's a lot for anybody, I would think. And mm-hmm. when you look at it that way, Kentucky is very deep. And, and they've got the experience that maybe Duke doesn't have. Mm-hmm. Uh, Duke's going to miss out on freshman A.J. Griffin. He's out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Duke is pegged to win the uh, ACC this year. They're one-and-a-half-point favorites. Mm-hmm. I think Kentucky's going to get them. I'm just I'm leaning toward Kentucky here. Okay. I'm waiting for uh, Ashley Judd to come on the radio and start talking <laughs> about Kentucky hoops. Now, there's a chick who knows there's basketball. There's a chick that's a very big fan of Kentucky basketball. Yes, she is. And, you know, and, and I remember when, seeing her at the Final Four when Kentucky was in. Uh, I, I remember listening to her on the Dan Levitard show, mm-hmm. and, and I was just in a trance because you don't – you don't normally meet females that know that kind of sports. Well, you do, but not as in depth as she was that day. It's like she was Calipari's assistant. Mm-hmm. And she could be, for all we know. But uh, at the end of the day, she's beloved there. They love her. She loves them. And I like Kentucky a lot, especially in this game. This Coach K farewell to her. Like I said, farewell, Coach K. There you go. There you go. Now, I added one game to our schedule here, the UC Riverside and San Diego State game, for a very important reason. Go for it. These early games, UC San Diego State, and and right at a first glance, without knowing much, that's the more popular team, and of course they're the ones who are going to take all the action. Mm -hmm. But these teams like UC Riverside, some of these schools that they play Mm -hmm. are pretty good, and they're Teams that are tabbed to win their conferences, they may be smaller, less known conferences. But now UC Riverside is pegged to finish second in their conference. But they return three starters. They're a big defensive team. Who's supposed to finish first in that conference? I don't know. I I can't remember now. Um, But I I don't think it, it wasn't them. And I was surprised. Maybe... Maybe uh, UC Santa Barbara or somebody. Ah, yes, Santa Barbara. They're all, there's a ton of those. And the reason I bring this up is you can catch a, a money line upset in some of these games. That's for sure. Because these are schools where players don't generally leave to go to the NBA early anyway. A lot of times these kids stay in those schools because who wouldn't want to play in California in January? That's for sure. And plus they get to play, and they're going to get their time. And you've got a team with three returning starters coming back. They're facing San Diego State, who's pegged to win the Mountain West. 
two returning starters in this the Cal transfer they got. Matt Bradley is supposed to be pretty good. There's no line set for this, but I'm going to be interested to see what that would be. I can't if if San Diego State is favored by more than seven points. I would think that you would have to pull the trigger on Riverside because I think they'll keep it close. These are the kind of games that these smaller schools look forward to. Right. You know, you passed me by. You didn't recruit me. Screw you. I'm going to oh, show yeah. you. Oh, yeah. And, that is true. And, and, I, and I like that. What do you think about these teams? Now, you coached, you've coached Division One, and then you've coached uh, lower levels of college mm-hmm. hoops, all still mm-hmm. quality stuff. Is it hard to get a team up for a game like, say, uh, you're coaching NAIA and you've got a, you're playing a uh, Division One school? Is it hard to motivate the kids for that, or do they get fired up for no, the they, reasons they, I they described? Want, they want to play those games, you know, the, the guarantee games, as they say, where the school is getting money. Right. You know, those are the um, if, if the kids aren't up for those games, you're in trouble. Yeah, I hear you there. If you, yeah. yeah, if you can't get up for a big game like that, then what are you going right. to do when you're playing Berkeley next week? Exactly. I get it. All right, man. Great and, stuff. And sometimes it's just, Phil, are you good enough? <laughs> well, that's, that's just it. Other, you know, that's the other scenario there. You always run into, you know, in these schools, these smaller schools, especially out west, you always run into these late bloomers. You know, the kid that might not have been – that gifted or his oh, gifts. I, listen I, I always tell you the story phil and you you remember me telling you some of this um uh we recruited a kid from sacramento california mm-hmm. we were at wagner he came to us he was uh rookie of the year in a conference uh again like i said he was a california kid so we literally recruited against a juco at the time right the kid was a terrific ball player Wound up going back to California because, you know, he missed the West Coast and um, went back to JUCO first. So went to a junior college and then wound up the starting point guard at the University of Oregon uh, when they went to um, two straight, you know, elite eights. So he was the starting point guard on that on the two elite eight teams. And so, yes, there are kids that get missed, especially there. And especially when they're young, you know, and then they want to go out and show everybody, hey, look what you missed out on. Mm-hmm. Exactly. When the reality is, is, son, you didn't miss out on anything. You got a free education. You're living on, in the sunshine. And you get to play basketball for four more years. You get to extend your playing career for four more years. And who knows? Maybe yeah, if even you're good for, enough, you're good enough. You never know. That's exactly right. And basketball is one of those sports where that, you know, they'll find you. Yeah, they I will find, you, especially the pro sports. Look at how many pro leagues there are overseas. They're always looking for somebody. Mm-hmm. Always great stuff today, man. You too, man. Okay, listen, y'all. You can get Scott's Breeders' Cups picks nineteen ninety nine for today, nineteen ninety nine for tomorrow. It's it's that way because this is a very special special event, and more importantly, it's probably the the best opportunity that you'll have to make some big cash and to bet some good odds. And that's what Breeders' Cup's all about. You can find Scotty over at Brookwood Camps. And if you're so inclined and want to send your child to a sleepaway camp, by all means, we invite you to look at the website, Brookwood Camps. 
Sportsbook.com. All right, that's going to wrap it up for today's show. We want to thank PlayUp Sportsbook Play for up. presenting this show. Don't forget Cash with Flash. We got all kinds of picks going off. Until next time, y'all take care of yourselves. Be good. And most importantly, ladies and gentlemen, my mother thanks you, my father thanks you, my sister thanks you, and I thank you. Thanks for listening to The Phil Nason Show. Download us at your favorite podcast catcher, including iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, or Google Play. And please leave a review. You can follow Phil on social media at Cash with Flash and like our Facebook show page.